What's up, guys, and welcome back to Beyond the Void. Horror podcast. That's right. It's Voidtober still, and it's the second week. Woot woot. (laughs) So for the second week of Voidtober, we decided to do some spooky house movies. Very spooky house movies. And uh, so we're going to be talking about The House of the Devil from 2009 and... We are still here from 2015. Two movies that are very well paired, I think. I think so, too. For this, especially even just the covers alone. Right, right. <laughs> are both really cool covers, you know. Right. And not only that, these are two very similarly toned movies in the fact that they are kind of like era pieces, like late 70s, early 80s movies that I think are trying to be that sort of pastiche style. Right. One that takes it a little bit to the level, like, of the style. Like, they shot in specific ways. They Uh use different types of film. And while the other one is more kind of just like a a lighter touching of it in a way. Right. But also does a lot of things that are very specific to that era as well. So Mm -hmm. it's really interesting. So I'm glad we got to pick these movies. Um, How we feel about them may be different than some, but we'll see. Because one of them I've seen before. The other one I was the first time watch for me. Right. Yeah, because I think we watched the We Are Still Here Together first, Mm -hmm. but that was like years ago. That was literally in 2015. We saw that when it came out. Really? Okay. I'm pretty sure we did. Yeah, so it's it's been a while either way for both of these, and I can't even remember if I saw The House of the Devil. It seems familiar, Mm -hmm. because I remember seeing A.J. Bowen in it, and I'm like, I'm a fan of his for whatever Uh, reason, because he's uh in a lot of like really weird, obscure kind of horror movies that... You know, I ever since I've been a fan of one of the movies that I always talk about, which is The Signal. The Signal, which he was in. Uh-huh. You almost fucked my wife. <laughs> we're actually giving away the signal in our yeah. giveaway. Yeah, we're gonna be doing a copy of that. It's it's on DVD, but still it's got a lenticular cover. It's right. really cool. So I'm really excited about that. We'll have a pretty decent giveaway here for you guys. And for those of you that are not or like overseas, we'll figure something else out. Like I said, in order for you guys to sign up for that, though, I wasn't clear on this last episode. You do have to go to the VIP club and actually sign up there at longlivethevoid.com. It's on our front page and it's also on the VIP club section. So just make sure you sign there. Make sure you follow any rules that the email. So I think you have to double check with your email to make sure it doesn't put it in the spam folder. Because if it gets put in the spam, you are unsubscribed. Just FYI. Oh. But why would you want to unsubscribe anyway? I know. 
You know? It you, isn't like we harass you like all these political party <laughs> emails. Yeah, and I get 27 emails from like... Jesus. Uh, well, you get more because you were... I'm independent, you, you so got, they need to swade me. Yeah, so you're important to their... Their causes. Uh, yeah. Which, God, dude, this whole fucking political season is just insane. And I just, I understand why people are worn out on either side. Right. I understand why people in the middle are worn out by either side. Right. But I gotta say, like, (laughs) if you've never voted or feel like it's always evil versus evil, you just gotta live up and just try to do the best you can. I always compare it to, hey, we got this asteroid coming to the Earth. How many people can we save? (laughs) Versus right. how many can we fucking just let die? I'm going to push as many people as I can out of the way. <laughs> you know what I mean? I Like, I don't like anybody, but it's just the best you can do. You right. know what I mean? And that's just how I feel. You can vote however the fuck you want. It's your vote. But I did that before, and I have to live with the consequences <laughs> for the past four years. Me too. And it sucks. It's not a really good feeling. Right. So now I've grown up a little bit and feel like I've learned my lesson. <laughs> and uh, I'll approach that another day when it's not such a fucking disaster. <laughs> but that's as much as I'm going to get on the politics side of it. You guys who follow me on my personal page and stuff kind of know that side of me anyway. But I try to keep it out of here, the, the horror thing. But As you should. Yeah, but I want to let you guys know how I feel about things, too. So, you know, I'm not just some guy who doesn't care. You know what I mean? Like the maybe maybe we should watch some purge movies for uh, the the election. <laughs> that might be hitting a little too close to home <laughs> because election may be fucking the purge. <laughs> Either which way it goes, you know what I mean? So, but how have you been other than that? Other than all this nonsense? Oh, I'm fine. <laughs> I got <Yeah>. nothing. <laughs> We've been like doing really good. We've been staying inside. We don't really go out much. We've been really yeah, just working around the house. We get a new roof next week. That's right. Holy shit! So that'll be fun. Anyway, but we've been watching a couple extra movies on the side too. We watched what we watched Blade recently just to because we were in the mood for big budgety action horror. Uh huh. And that's uh, like the perfect movie. Yeah, it's it's so bad. It's good sometimes, but it's also kind of just enjoyable in general. Well, and it's really um. You know, it's a movie from my generation. Right. And you know it's I mean? it's so funny, too, because that's the movie that started the whole fucking Marvel superhero mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And no, not many people realize yeah. that. And like, that's like one of those movies. Blade is one of those movies that you push towards the end. Uh-huh. You know, like how yeah. these corporations, they always go for the big ones first. And this got made before any of those. Mm-hmm. So, and well. You were even saying a lot of, it reminds you somewhat of John Wick, which I. Yes. I was like, oh my God, it totally does. Some of the intensity in that movie is very much like a John Wick kind of in your face. Although the character himself. Oh, well, yeah. Is not no. John well, Wick because right. he's got like funny things he says john wick does occasionally but he's mostly a silent killer Mm -hmm. for the most part and just his actions are freaking very similar in that regard right so it's gonna be interesting to see what the new blade guy is gonna do i like him as an actor i saw him in alita battle angel Mm -hmm. and when he was wearing those glasses in that movie i instantly was like dude that guy could play blade oh he's smaller than blade physically Uh uh-huh but I think he could, so I'm kind of hoping it'll be good. But I, I'm almost guaranteeing you guys it's probably going to be a CGI fuckfest. Wasn't there a TV show? For, uh, for Blade. It was called I Blade. I don't know. I think there was. Oh, the third movie felt like a TV show, that's oh, for well, sure. Oh, maybe that's what... It- no, I'm pretty sure there. Uh, Patton Oswalt ago, was in it. it. Fucking, uh, what's his name from The Walking Dead was in it as... Uh, 
the the betrayer guy in the know. third I've never, one. I've never seen it. You got Ryan Reynolds in that one as well. He played oh, is fucking he really? yeah. That's where everybody got the idea that he should be Deadpool. Was in Blade Three? Yes, because that was like one of his first action roles, and then he did uh, Wolverine, and they fucked Deadpool up like oh, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Anyway, it's just interesting to like think about that kind of stuff and where we are today, and like how Blade got made before all of that shit. Uh huh. So, I mean, obviously we had Batman and Superman and even a really shitty version of American, uh, what's his name? Um, Captain America? Captain America, which we have a copy I of. I like, I actually like that one better than the, <laughs> the new <laughs> That's one. terrible, man. What do you mean? That's no, it's a so not. bad it's good movie. It totally it, is. Yeah, it's, it's way better than the, the it's, it's more entertaining is what you're saying. Newer one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That one was boring. People are going to have issue with you saying that. But. Oh, bring it on, bitch. <laughs> well, I think it might be that time. What time is it? Horse shots. So we decided to pick a shot this week based on the movie We Are Still Here from 2015. It has a bunch of ghosts and stuff who were burned to death and uh, they always like smell smoke and like they burn people and shit. And unlike most ghosts where, you know, you get cold spots, these actually create heat spots. <laughs> so we decided to call this one a Smoky Dagmar, which is a really cool name, actually, yeah, I think. Yeah, a cool name. Um, we did, Christina and I came together with this idea. Like, I always think of when I think of like evil and shit like that or whatever, I always think of like Jaeger. Right. Like demon blood. (laughs) It's Jaeger. Really, it truly feels like it because it's like such dark liquid and like it feels like you're drinking demon blood. I don't know why, but so the way you're going to do this smoky Dagmar is what you do is you pour in a separate cup. One ounce, and this is for two shots, by the way. So one ounce of Jägermeister, one ounce of a whiskey of your choice. We're using black velvet because we're not going to buy seven bottles of premium whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) So we use black velvet and Jägermeister, one ounce each. And then you put a dot, like a little drop in that mix of the two shots of smoke. What is it? Liquid smoke. Liquid smoke. There you go. And it's just one drop. A dabble do you, folks. Yeah, liquid smoke is very potent. Yes. Powerful. And you can drink it, but you don't want to drink a lot of it, obviously. So we just put one drop in there, mixed them. I use it in the the Instapot to give it that barbecue-y flavor on the meat. But anyway, yeah. It does taste good um, when you put it on food, but we're not sure how it's going to taste on this. Now, before you make these shots and pour them in their individual shot glasses for, for, for the two of you, whoever is going to do in the shot with you, you are going to rim the shot glass with poppy seeds, which look like ash. Ash, which is a big theme in this in this We Are Still Here movie, mm-hmm. which I thought was a really clever idea. Also, just so you know, it's syrup with poppy seeds. Oh, you did syrup with poppy seeds. Yeah, so the poppy seeds would stick because it won't stick to water. Okay, so you ready? Ready. We got our shots here, guys, so we're going to taste it for you now. Ooh, it sm- smell it. It smells good. It smells because you got that syrup. Oh, that's what that is. I yeah. smell Jaeger. You ready? Yeah, go. Cheers. Oof. It's not terrible, but it's strong. Ooh, that's strong. <laughs> now we got oh, poppy seeds. We got Dagmar ash in our mouths. <laughs> Gross. 
It's for decoration. You're not supposed to eat the goddamn poppy seeds, but just pour it in your fucking mouth and shut the fuck up or I'll burn your family. How about that? <laughs> Cash me. <laughs> Cash me outside. Is burn me outside. Say? How about that? <laughs> anyway, guys, if you would like to try a smoky Dagmar, all you got to do is go to longlivethevoid.com and check out our hashtag horror shot section now. That's it for horror shots. All right, guys. So... We're going to go ahead and jump into our Voidtober Flesh and Potatoes. Week two, by the way. Two more weeks of Voidtober. Of The House of the Devil from 2009. And we are still here from 2015. We're going to go ahead and do that right now. So Christina did the work on the House of the Devil. So why don't you go ahead and kick it out? In 1983, <gasps> financially struggling college student Samantha Hughes takes a strange babysitting job that coincides with a full lunar eclipse. She slowly realizes her clients harbor a terrifying secret, putting her life in mortal danger. Oh my God. <laughs> You know, when I'm at first, when you were saying that, I almost wanted to hear that, like, fucking, like the pictures from, oh, like, yeah. Texas Chainsaw in 1970. In 1983. <laughs> yeah. That would be cool. Tagline for this movie, talk on the phone, finish your homework, watch TV, die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All right. This was written and directed by Ty West, mm-hmm. who pretty much... Just as horror movies. <laughs> he did Cabin Fever 2, Spring Fever from 2009. He did The Sacrament from 2013, which is a movie I really want to review on the show. Yeah, we watched it before, and I don't think we disliked it. There was a little... There was a little... I've, as I know, recall, the I acting it. had a little spottiness to it, but it was still good. It was found footage, right? Yeah, it's kind of like done in that way. Yeah. Oh, okay. He also did the... Ink- he also did The Innkeepers from mm-hmm. 2011. Yep. Uh, VHS, he did the segment Second Honeymoon. ABC's A Death, he did this. the segment M is for Miscarriage. Mm-hmm. He's also directed a lot of TV shows, like The Exorcist TV show, Scream TV series. He also has a role in this movie. Cool. All right, this movie stars... Jocelyn Donahue, who plays Samantha. She was in Doctor Sleep. She was in Insidious Chapter 2. She played young Lorraine. She was in I Trap the Devil mm. from 2019. Another she- A.J. Bowen film, by the way. Remember that. Um, she was also in Holidays, the Father's Day segment. Um, Tom Noonan, who plays Mr. Ullman. Mm-hmm. He was in RoboCop 2. He was in The Monster Squad. Yeah, he was the drug addict, got- drug addict robot. Oh, and... Uh, Robocop yeah. too. Oh yeah, he he played Kane. It was named yeah. Kane. Uh, the Monster Squad. He played Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. He was in Eight Legged Freaks. He also directed two episodes of the Monster TV series from the nineties. Mm-hmm. Uh, most recently, he was in the Twelve Monkeys uh, TV show, and he was on Dimension Four Hundred Four. Mary Warrenoff, who plays Miss Ullman, she was in Night of the Comet, Shopping Mall, Terror Vision. The Devil's Reject, she played Abby. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, she was in Warlock, the original, the original Death Race 2000, mm-hmm. and you know, tons of independent films. Yeah, I love her. She's a big, she's a scream queen, oh, you know, yeah. whatever. But she, uh, so funny. We were watching just like the free Pluto TV. Is that what it is? Yeah. On our Vizio TV, and they N- had Night of the Comet Night of the Comet on, and it was like, I was like, oh, it's Mary Warnov. I forgot she was in this, uh-huh. and and you, I told you all about her, and I was like, oh, I love her. She was in. Terrorvision. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the one I always remember her the most from. Yeah. And then, you know, three days later, we watched this movie. It yeah. Funny. <laughs> All right. Geta Gerwin, who plays Megan, the friend. Mm-hmm. She actually wrote and directed that Lady Bird movie from 2017. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which I haven't seen, but that was a big movie in 2017, I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, She was also in Damsels in Distress, Jackie from 2016, and 20th Century Woman. Also, we have A.J. Bowen, who plays Victor. He was, of course, in The Signal, mm-hmm. one of your favorites, favorite movies, A Horrible Way to Die, Your Next, Sun Don't Shine, Grow Up, Tony Phillips, The Sacrament he was in. I totally forgot he was in The Sacrament. A Satanic Panic. And he was also in I Trapped the Devil, along with uh, Jocelyn, the right. main actress in this. Who actually, in that, and I Trapped the Devil is two people from The Signal as well. Oh, see? Isn't yeah. Is that funny? Also, quick mention, D. Wallace is in this, like, mm-hmm. just for, like, a split second in the beginning. She plays Landlady. I mm-hmm. love seeing her. I love D. Wallace. I wish she was more in this, but, you know, whatever happens. Okay, the budget for this movie was $900,000. What do you think about this movie? <laughs> well, this, I think, is a pretty decent movie. Um, I wouldn't call it great. Like, I'm not in love with this movie. But I like what they do in it. There are some really good things that they do. This is definitely not a movie for people who do not like slow burn builds. Mm. This will do pretty much like two thirds of the movie getting there. Although there is one moment in the film that I like to call snack treats for the viewers. (laughs) (laughs) Snack treats. (laughs) Little snack treats. Because I think that you sometimes have to sprinkle little breadcrumbs along the way that are interesting tidbits that you will want to put in your mouth or in your brain while you watch the movie. And some slow burns do a good job of that and some don't. This has a mix of the two. Does that not make sense to you? Uh, Yeah, it makes sense. But with this... If you want to spend, like, I'll get into it more here in a little bit, but I just feel like it's a little slow for most people. Right. Regardless if it's good or bad, it's it's definitely a good quality. Like, there is good acting in this movie, specifically from the lead actress, who I like a lot. I think she did an amazing job in this film. She did a really good job of being, an act- like, a natural actor. Right. I do appreciate what this movie has in it, though, and I like spooky house movies that take you somewhere and sort of make you feel something. This is going to pop off, you know, mm-hmm. at any given moment, like waiting for an invisible tiger ready to unleash on it, like on its <laughs> prey, you know, which is why I like the fear of the unknown and then stuff like that, because it's like lurking about you kind of feeling. And this movie mm-hmm. kind of does a really good job with that. I've seen other movies by Ty West and he can create a pretty good mood in an era of the 80s, sort of, you know, 70s, 80s vibe. The lead actress also reminded me of Margaret Kidder mm-hmm. a lot. Like, she just has that look, which is from that 70s, 80s area, you know? Right. I think the aesthetic in both of these movies we watched this week have been pretty excellently crafted to fit the time frame that they exist in. And this one, probably more particularly with how they made this film. And, like, we're so specific. Because I think Ty West is just one of those guys. Mm -hmm. I'll get into that more later. But 
when this movie does unleash, it does a pretty damn good job of getting pretty wild. But I also feel like the movie needed to have those breadcrumb moments that I was talking about that lead you to the end that are like, hey, thanks for watching for the past 10 minutes. Here's a little something weird. Here's another weird, odd moment that I threw in there that are really impactful, that are memorable. Right. Like, that's what I'm talking about. Like, when you make a horror movie, like... I am all about vibe. I love vibe in a movie. But if you don't present those little snack treats along the way, that breadcrumb trail, some people kind of clock out on their attention span in a movie. Right. And I think this this movie could have had more of those little breadcrumb trail. Okay. Does that make sense to uh, you now? Totally makes sense okay. to me. And and I and I don't mean just oh like like there are some movies that I have seen that you know will have little weird occurrences and they're not as rapid as I would like them to be and then the end is just so amazing that I forget about all the beginning taking so long to get to that point because it really makes an impact. There's one movie I can think about in the future that I don't want to talk about that <laughs> you know what it is and it has H.P. Lovecraft in it but I won't say what it is but I just felt like this movie needed to provide a little bit more of that. And I like the vibe in a movie because it's not easy to do. So I understand that more than others. But giving the viewers some interesting moments along the path isn't always a bad idea either. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't mean you're stupid. that You can't get the vibe. God, how many times have I debated people about like vibe and movies like i do appreciate vibe i greatly appreciate it but sometimes people think oh well because i felt something and i used to be one of them oh that means it's it's done a good job well no it did a good job in that particular part but now it has to fill those right, other gaps right so you can still have both in other words is what i'm getting at right. <laughs> um it's like i need a little couple dopamine hits here now and then you know <laughs> while i'm watching the movie to make sure that i'm still there this movie has like one or two of those moments before the finale and the finale is actually pretty good for the most part, I'd say. So at least it actually took us there instead of just giving us all tension and no treats whatsoever. Uh-huh. I know I'm kind of like, like ranting here, guys, but it's just the best way I can describe this movie. In any case, I enjoyed this movie's abrasiveness with the characters by the end finale. The acting was pretty decent, especially for the lead role, which I mentioned. You have an all-star horror cast in it, too. Tom Noonan, Mary Warnoff, Dee Wallace. I mean, it's just nice to see them in there, even if they're not the most significant roles. Right. I agree. It's not without its flaws, of course, but it does feel like a bigger movie than it really is because of how well it's shot and how well, like, it's proportionate and the cinematography and the lighting and everything in this movie are really, really fucking good. Mm -hmm. But it does take a long time to get to that stuff that we love the most. Agree. The gore. Oh, my God. It has plenty of that for the most part. It's pretty decent offering here. Pretty unsettling vibe till it gets to that point. However, again, it doesn't balance all that for me, even though... It, it held my interest for the most part, which is a little bit easier for me than I think it is for you. Right. <laughs> I think it's definitely above average film that will definitely not be for those who can't sit through the slow shit because the, the pay, while the payoff is somewhat worth it, it's not the most amazing thing I've seen for a payoff, but it does the era well and it feels like those movies from the 70s, the late 70s and early 80s that I really think it nails and it that's saying something. The acting is decent, so it does have some good things in there. I would probably give this movie a 6 or 6.5 out of 10 uh, on the rewatchability factor alone. Um, there's things in it that surprised me and that I didn't enjoy, but I just wish it would have gone a little bit further. There was one moment in 
the film that happened earlier on that I really liked that mm-hmm. really caught me off guard and was a, a really nice surprise. Mm-hmm. And this does have sort of a twist to it. So it's kind of nice yeah. to see that in there. It's a little predictable once you realize. Right. But Exactly. What about you, though? <laughs> so it's like, I'm fucking starving, right? I'm so hungry. Like, I'm going to die. And then you give me a little snack treat, <laughs> right? You give me a little snack treat. And then you sit there and you make me just starve again. Starve right. again. So by the time I get to my next snack treat, it's just like not even worth it to me. Really? Okay. So yeah. it didn't pick you back up for a little bit even? No. It was Okay. So the first next treat, I was like, oh, yeah, it did take a while to get there. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I understand vibe. I understand, you know, building the character development, tension, blah, blah, blah. Right. Like, I get it. But, again, my attention span, especially for movies, like, I just, I don't. It is an older style. A lot of people have said that it, it is a little the, too old style, you know. It just wasn't well balanced mm-hmm. because I did like all the acting. The acting was great. Mm-hmm. Everybody did a good job. Oh my God. The set design was amazing. Like I wanted to live in that house. Right. Like I didn't mind watching her like walk through the house. Yeah. That it feels like that era. A hundred percent. Oh yeah. Totally. Even her hair. The oh. feathering of her hair and shit. Yeah. I want that hair. Right. There's a story on that. I'll tell you about. Okay. Good. And then again, I like how it was done in that era. We've already mentioned that. And it was, it was grainy. It was like grainy film mm-hmm. style like that. But God, it was just like, even when they got to the twist, won't say what it is. Right. It just, it wasn't even worth it to me. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it should have been, I felt like it should have been shocking. I should have been like, Oh my God. It is oh somewhat shocking, but not like that much. No, not, not that much because it's like, again, they give you a little bit. And then it's like, oh, okay, I know what's going on. Right. And then it's it's just, and by the time when they when they actually get to certain scenes, it it seemed, and then it all of a sudden seemed like it was being filmed in like that era, like two thousand nine. Okay. So it was just too slow for me. Okay. That's, that's I'll never watch this again. I was so annoyed. Four out of ten. Okay. Wow. <laughs> well, there's definitely some things that are done in it that are well above average, regardless of what we think. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah, I know that. I mean, like I said, it was good. It was really good set design. It was a really well done movie. Right. It's a it's balancing just, it act of all of these things, though. So right. For, and it for each, is, each everybody's opinion and and what they think of these movies, because I know there's a lot of people that really love this movie that I'm friends with, and I don't want you to think, oh, well, I think your shit taste no. or whatever. It's just like, no, it's you not guys, for everybody. Everybody, I know that. I know my. My, my patience and my what I like to watch, duh, it's not as the same as everybody. I'm right, not but you also love down. Hereditary, and that's a slow burn. Yeah, but again, snack treats. Yeah, you well, know that's what they I'm don't. Saying. They don't fucking keep me hungry. Yeah, you got to get them <laughs> snack treats out there, guys. <laughs> And by the way, guys, if you know, I would love to hear what you guys think about this movie. I've heard a little from both sides uh, of the fence. I'm I'm kind of in between. Like, it's not a movie that I would like watch every year or anything like that. I wouldn't mind owning this though. Like, I wouldn't mind picking it up. Um, but it's not just it's not high on the list of rewatchability for me. Right. Um, it's just, it does some cool things in it that I really like, and it has some people in it that I really like as well. Mm-hmm. And it does a lot of things right, but it just doesn't keep my attention like I wanted it to. Right. So, but I see promise in it, and I'm sure he's a talented director, obviously. Yeah, that's, that's true. So I'd definitely like to see more. And if you guys haven't seen it, by the way, you can watch it up on uh, Amazon Prime. Yes. So you should be able to find it there and check it out. Cha-ching. That's where we watched it. Um, 
but yeah, we we do have some trivia and some information on the movie that might spoil some of the scenes in the movie coming up next. You can always follow the timestamps down below and jump to the next movie of We Are Still Here and listen to the spoiler-free discussion on that and then jump to the end of the podcast to see what we'll be talking about next week. But other than that, here is your warning. Obviously, this movie has one thing. I was talking about this with Sarah, <laughs> and she was like, one thing about this movie that really pisses me off a little bit is that it's just a pet weird pet peeve of hers, by the way. It's not a big deal. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, she said that, you know, in the movie, it says talks about satanic panic. Well, they don't say the word satanic panic, but they were talking about the era in which this <sighs> derives from, which was uh-huh. when we were kids. Say, was- they, poli- people thought that there was like satanic cults all over the place. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, that's not true. It's not based off a true story. That's all I was getting at. Oh, okay. Ty West also directed and edited the entire film, which he likes that sort of slow style. And he didn't even, you know, a lot of people were asking him questions in a lot of the interviews I saw about why, you know, he, what he thought of other people thinking that it was too slow. Mm-hmm. Because we're not the first, obviously, to say that. Right. And a lot of people do. And there's already, I always see arguments about that dumb shit anyway, because like people try to like boil it down to why people are too stupid to enjoy slow films or something. (laughs) And that always bothers me too, because I like some slow films that are good and I don't like some slow films that are bad. Right. Doesn't matter. Right. But he's like, I don't even consider it when I'm making the film. He's like, that's just my style. Mm -hmm. And from what I gather of him is that he's very caught up in the very minute details that others may not think about. For example, when the girl is just kind of going through the house looking through stuff, Mm -hmm. that was something in his mind that he thought about Mm -hmm. that he found really fascinating in the fact that how people will go through other people's stuff knowing that it's a bad thing to do, but you're just so curious you do it anyway. That makes sense. And it's just fascinating to him. So Mm -hmm. he, you know, pushes on the gas pedal on it, which makes a 20 minute segment of that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, which may be boring to us, but for him, it's highly interesting and the only other person i can think of that has a similar not necessarily the same style Mm -hmm. but a similar way of thinking like that is david lynch who is also one of those people Mm -hmm. that will go hey wonder what's like to live inside of that (laughs) that heater you know those metal things that that are on a thing in eraser head right he goes in there and you see a woman in there with puffy cheeks (laughs) And it's like, that's David Lynch's brain going, what's it like to be inside a heating mechanism? (laughs) You know, he's just weird. He's a little bit more bizarre than obviously Ty West, but I can see the appeal of weird things like that. Like, Mm -hmm. I get obsessed about position, like uh, how things are framed. Right. Like, I get obsessed about that kind of thing. That's why you always have to take the pictures. Right. (laughs) And I also like to... um, I remember when I took photography, I liked to have very boring photos, but the the positioning of everything was exactly the way I wanted it. Mm -hmm. And somehow in my mind, that meant all is well. (laughs) Everything in its right place. (laughs) Like our dog. (laughs) Anyway, I'm just trying to explain maybe how that is for someone who thinks that way. Right. And why that is cool to him and he's doing his own film that way so like it or not that's him Mm -hmm. this was shot over a period of only 18 days but uh this movie was shot on 16 millimeter film which was very popular obviously in the 80s to give it that sort of a realistic 80s style look which you know i could immediately tell it was late late 70s early 80s right especially when it does those freeze frames and shit in Mm -hmm. the very beginning of the movie um 
And obviously, Ty West is very OCD about these very th- these little things. He talked about that in a couple interviews that I was uh, talking about. Mm-hmm. So it was he was very critical on the shots, the styles they did in the movie, etc. He's very poignant on those kind of specific things. So um, also when Samantha orders a pizza, the pizza guy asks if she wants a pizza with extra anchovies. Some people are saying, and I remember this movie. I always think about this movie because it has Patrick Dempsey in it. It was a movie called Loverboy from 1989. Okay. Where he orders a pizza. Whenever anybody would order a pizza with anchovies, it meant that he would go over there and give them sex. It's this movie with Patrick Dempsey. Some people didn't even want sex, but it's all about him, like, giving women what they want. And then his girlfriend accidentally calls to get loving or whatever. And then it's like this whole thing. It's like a comedy, lighthearted comedy movie. About male prostitution? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so (laughs) they were saying when he said that in the movie, in this particular movie, like the House of the Devil, that that was a nod towards that. I don't know. I couldn't confine... I couldn't find anything from Ty West on that, but it does make sense because he does say, did you want extra anchovies on that? And he emphasized the... Yeah. Do you want anchovies? Right. But I gotta say, I remember growing up because I grew up around then. I don't know anybody who ordered anchovies on pizza, and it was like a joke. And this was before 89, so it was before whatever movie I'm sure people about. did, otherwise they wouldn't have had it as an option. Yeah, but I thought it was... it. Well, my whole family just thought it was it was just this thing, but it, nobody really ordered it. Yeah, well, it's obviously a thing that people used to do early on in pizza-making days. Right. And it just kind of stuck. Wait, what are anchovies? Fish. Are those fishies? It's fish. Like sardines? Sort of, yeah. Oh. It's very salty fish. That's really weird. People like very salty fish on their pizza, I Do guess. Do people put tuna on pizza? That's I don't know about that. I would eat that. <laughs> the only reason I brought it up is because I don't think necessarily it is, because if Ty West is so specific about everything that he is, then why would he pick a movie from 1989 to be represented in his movie all about 1983 so right anyway the house that they chose in the movie uh ty west actually turned down multiple times because he felt like it wasn't very scary day or night really yeah the outside he said uh, well outside and inside especially he said outside it was not it kind of seemed very nice like a nice place to live and stuff he's like but if you angle it a certain way and you you know use certain lights to make it look a certain way and then they refitted the entire inside of the house to make it look older mm-hmm. and inhospitable and a little darker and drab inside which they redid the whole fucking thing mm-hmm. he said it, it kind of grew on him and now he feels in hindsight that it actually worked out really well and is uh, actually very iconic oh, okay. but they had to make it looked that way it wasn't it didn't look that way in real life you can make things like low low angles on people or houses make it look menacing right like they're towering Mm -hmm. that's why you'll see in certain shots they'll Mm -hmm. do a low angle on bad guys versus like the regular people oh i see so it's like a towering kind of thing it's a subconscious thing yeah like when she when uh she went to the door I could see that because right. it was a lower when and he answered the door. It was a lower angle. Yeah. It's supposed to make you feel a little more menacing. So. Oh, okay. Old techniques. Jocelyn Donahue, who was the lead actress in there, was the only person who actually auditioned for this film, too. Mm-hmm. She 
everyone else Ty knew indirectly or directly. Mm-hmm. So he did, he just cast them knowing that they would be good for the role. And she was the only one that had to keep doing auditions over and over and over and over again. He said that typically he did more auditions with her than he did with anybody else traditionally uh, because he really wanted her to be the right person for the role. And mm-hmm. he said she was super smart and got the role and just knew it. But yeah, he did several interviews. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if she felt like, uh, dude, come on, man. Yeah. Are you wasting my time? What's going on? Right. Um, but then he said that when she fed, they feathered her hair, it all fell into place. Any of his doubts that he had about it. Mm -hmm. He was like, okay, that's it. That's it. She's the one. Right. She was the perfect fit. Makes sense. So that's pretty much it for the trivia. I have a couple of things tucked into here, but, um, what do you want to talk about about this movie in particular that might be spoilerific that you could, you wouldn't be able to say in the non-spoiler part? I mean... Like, things that you liked or didn't like. Well, I liked all the shocking things. But, it, I mean, it took a while to get there. So, like, the first death, it took a while to get there. And I was just like, oh, Dude, that God. was fucked up. Yeah, it was. She, We're so, talking about the girl who got shot in the head, right? Right, okay. right. Megan, the friend yeah. who was who went to leave the house. And then, and then I got kind of confused how she ended up in the cemetery. I thought she got a flat tire, but she really just stopped. To smoke. To smoke. And then, all, and then the guy comes out of nowhere and then just, boom! Pops her in the head. That was a really good Dude, the way effect. It, the reason it works so well is because, one, they spent beginning of the movie with her saying, hey, I can help you out if you want. I'll get my dad to give you money. Mm-hmm. She's, like, looking out for her. She's like, you shouldn't go to this house alone. I'll come with you. Let me babysit with you. Right. And then they get to the house. And then and find then... out that he's lying about it. Right. And it's for his 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 grand, or his mother yeah. who's elderly and takes care of herself. But it's really some fucking demon looking kid Dude. i don't know what it was yeah I don't. but uh anyway and then she's like out in the driveway like pleading with her like this isn't a good idea and she's like yeah but it's 400 fucking dollars bitch right i could pay my rent for fucking d wallace like and then some <laughs> yeah but it's, it's not gonna matter when you're dead <laughs> but that's the thing is that they did ty west spent enough time on that character to make her death so impactful like right. i talked about in other movies right that we did recently yeah it's true even after death and he was like sitting in the car and he picked up her cigarette yeah. and started smoking i thought that was really clever yeah that's a really kind of darker thing you know mm-hmm. like because there's probably blood on it but he doesn't care yeah he doesn't care he's like oh a cigarette okay but i loved how they did that he was like oh i are you not the babysitter and she <laughs> bam! bam it's like fuck dude and the gore there was really good and at that part i was like okay okay i can get into this that was my snacky treat yeah (laughs) and then nope samantha starts calling so she's calling megan well hold on before you get there oh so i'm just i had one little nugget of trivia about that specific scene sorry that was the last shot of the entire film. Oh, really? When they shot her in the head. Oh. oh. So they had already done the whole movie before mm-hmm. that. So I just thought it was interesting. And and pun intended, by the way. Last shot of the film. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But yeah, she does call her to try to get her on the phone. And she doesn't realize she's dead, which is also kind of tragic and fucked up in a way. Which yeah. is a really nice use of... Of like, you know, tricks, little little things, because you really get invested into the character enough to know, oh, she doesn't know yet. Right, right. And they do a couple of things like that in the in the movie, which is interesting, mm-hmm. because typically you find that in a movie they follow the character and don't spoil that for the viewer. They, they try to put you through the lens of her. Right, right. And 
so her not knowing stuff, they use that on the viewer, which is kind of interesting and unique because it kind of makes you a part of the film now because you know things that, that she, she doesn't, doesn't know. An example of that also that they do later on is where they find the family. She finds the, oh, pictures. the pictures because she was like, she found the furs and she was like, I thought the furs were in the basement. Right. And she finds and- a bag of photos full of like family pictures of the house and the cars that were in the driveway. And she's like, okay, this is weird. Mm-hmm. Why would these be here? And then she tries to get into a door later and the camera goes over the door and you mm-hmm. see like the kid on a pentagram. On a pentagram. So they, they sacrificed him. Yep. There's your little tiny snacky treat. Hollowed out the eyes of the parents laying next to the dead mm-hmm. kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, that's kind of cool, but it was like. I wanted to see that happen, though. I wish right. they would have done like a flashback. That would have been a better snack uh, treat. You yeah, see what that, I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like if it would have had a flash mm-hmm. of that going on in that mm-hmm. moment. Right. I think, and just showing that happen would have been very... And maybe showing a flash of, like, that creepy guy that they right. had. Right, you don't have to play it like... out beat for beat, but right. you can just show flashes mm-hmm. or something. Right, I think so, So that too. it would have impacted, like, us knowing that something that she didn't know, because obviously he's right. playing with that. Right, right. So I don't know. It's just something to think about, you know, like it's like an interesting way to shoot a movie because mm-hmm. it's different. It's it's a little mm-hmm. different. And even though this is older, we're finding out stuff that they don't know. I don't know. I mm-hmm. thought that was interesting. There was that whole dance routine where she's like listening to that song. Right, and she knocks over the vase. Yeah. Even I was like, oh, fuck. You dumbass. Oh, she's fucked. Yeah, I'm thinking like, well, when they come back, they're going to make her pay for it. And you know, I don't know why yeah, exactly. that, Like, why that matters in my brain, but that's what I thought of. Like, uh-huh. oh, they're going to make it take it out of your money if this was all the way that they said it was. Right. But clearly this is a horror movie and she's not going to have a good ending. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, that was a weird little... But now that you said the thing about her going through the house, Mm -hmm. like, now I I see that. I see, like, a person like that accidentally breaking something. See, for him, those are snack treats, which are good, but they're not hearty. They're not enough. They're not hearty snack treats like we keep talking about. So I understand, while it may be interesting and subtle for some people, nuanced and, you know, very artistic and done well, because it is interesting. She knocks over a vase. I was was considered considerably worried for her and who and she was going to wake up the the old mother or whatever it was in the house mm-hmm. i was like oh fuck mm-hmm. and then when it gets to the part where she calls to order a pizza i think it was kind of predictable mm-hmm. you know because you knew it was the other guy on the other line and you knew that he was going to deliver her a pizza I mean, even though i thought he would have come up to the door with the pizza and attacked her or then shit started going down i really didn't like how she was poisoned. What was up with... Yeah. I mean, that we saw coming. I was like... Right. Because I heard his voice and I was like, that's very clearly the guy who shot her friend in the head. Right. And I was like, something weird about that. You know, mm-hmm. like, why would they have that number all set up and everything mm-hmm. to drug her? And... Yeah. And she tastes it and she's like, ew, this is gross. But it must have been fucking loaded for her to get that fucked up. I don't right. know what it was she was on. Did you remember that part before that, though, where she finds those clumps of hair in the, in the bathtub? I'm like, what the fuck is that? Okay, I thought it was the, the female cut her hair because she had short hair. So I was like, oh, she cut her hair. Who That's, had I mean, short hair? 
Mrs. Ullman. She she didn't have black hair. Mary. She, she was bald. Oh, she that's takes right. her she had a wig. wig off. Yeah. I forgot she had a wig on. Okay. Yeah, like I mean that makes sense that you would think that earlier on. That's because, what I thought until I, I forgot about that. Yeah, because that she has that scene where second, she's like yeah. looking out the window and she's like and she just takes Give us a sign. Wig. Speak to us. Speak to us. Yeah, they didn't really explain the hair. Yeah, I don't know. See, that's just weird. That wasn't a good snacky treat. That's <laughs> it's one of those non hardy ones, yes. Right. But she's like wakes up after the drugging and she's tied to the floor on a pentagram on the, in the attic. Mm-hmm. And that weird. They're all in like robes, obviously doing some sort of fucking ritual on her, a satanic one, of course. Right. And uh, they're all robed and it's the whole family and, and the AJ Bowen guy and the pizza guy, whatever. They like put blood on her stomach, put a like a like a horn cup on her stomach. He cuts his wrist and it looked pretty gnarly there. When he oh, cut- yeah. And, they, and then they tried to feed her blood. Well, and- yeah, he pours his blood in that cup and then makes her drink it after putting a mark on her head and then she breaks loose and somehow punches the fucking creature in the face and runs out of there after stabbing the fucking tom noonan guy Mm -hmm. the guy with the cane and then uh she kills off mary warnov's character Mm -hmm. i think she killed the other one too didn't she yeah yeah but i i kind of got lost see this is another thing it was happening so quickly it was like we we waited all this fucking time, like this hour and fifteen minutes, for all this shit to go you, down. You just and weren't interested out, at that yeah, point. Yeah, I totally lost interest. That I don't even remember how that guy got got killed. Honestly, well, I I don't know. I thought it was kind of interesting. She kills all of them, and then Tom Noonan comes out, and he's like, "Wait, wait, wait!" And she chases her after her, and she's like, "You know, he's wounded. She's wounded because he shot her, or like somebody shot her." Right mm-hmm. in the hallway or whatever, in the yeah. the arm or whatever, and then she's up in the graveyard and he catches up and she's like, "What did you do to me?" And he's like, "He's chosen you. They're talking to you. Can't you hear them? This is your destiny." And he looks up at the moon and is like, "It's only moments away now." And then she shoots herself and he's like, "No!" And then it's like the TV's like the shadow of the moon retreated faster than it approached, which they don't really understand. And scientists are trying to figure out why that happened. Da, 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 da. And then you see her in the hospital bed and a nurse is like, you're going to be OK, sweetie. And so is your stomach. And she's child. like, both of you. She pets her stomach and it's like, oh, no, oh. the son of Satan. Oh, no, it's going to be the omen. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> like the price is right, fucking. <laughs> and they guess wrong. Oh, I was so stupid. But yeah, I mean, it's still kind of cool. I'm just not, I don't know. I've seen other versions of babies being born, um, Satanic, Satanic devil things babies, like devil babies. an example of one that I kind of thought was fun that goes a little overboard, but I still think is a, a better watch in some regards is um, and it's it's not in the same tone or quality level as like this movie in particular, because this is a very classical, classically done horror movie. You know what I mean? Like. But it was the first episode of the second season of Masters of Horror. Ron Perlman plays uh, this guy who's like a bounty hunter trying to kill like the son of Satan. And it's like an abortion clinic and they Satan comes up out of the fucking ground. It's like cool. You know, like I've seen some pretty interesting stuff and is nicely done vibe wise and everything classically done with this. I almost felt like it just needed just a little bit more. Mm hmm. Like something bust out of the ground or, you know what I mean? Like, I yes. know, 
Like, you don't have to, like, push your whole weight on it. Just give us something to make our minds stimulate a little bit more, you know, because I like a little bit more of a supernatural element. This might have been playing on the fact of whether or not you believe it's real or not. But her stomach was having black veins and shit in it. So it was very apparent that she was pregnant. (laughs) And there's no way she could have gotten impregnated that fast. So, well, I mean, she was passed out. We don't know how long she was passed out for. Yeah, nine months. I don't think so. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Anyway, it's still cool. I I still enjoyed my time watching it. I just wanted Mm -hmm. it to be more than it was, I think, you Mm -hmm. know. So, unfortunately, but I know you guys like it out there. Definitely not shitting on it. I'm shitting on it, but I'm not shitting on you. (laughs) Could be for you, might not be. I think a lot of people probably find it different. Mm -hmm. But even Ty West says, you know, you can never please anybody with a movie. Exactly. He's like, some movies are better for others. Right. You know, some movies that he does, I might like better than others that he does, too. Right. So, But we do have another movie that we're going to be talking about that involves a house. Uh, and that is We Are Still Here from 2015. Now, this is a movie, of course, set in 1979 in the cold, wintry fields of New England. A lonely old house wakes up every 30 years and demands a sacrifice. <laughs> Feed me, Seymour. But the tagline for this movie is, this house needs a family. Okay. (laughs) Well, they say it in the movie, so it totally makes sense. Yeah, it totally makes sense. This movie is directed by Ted Gagan, who's only really directed two feature films, this and Mohawk. But Mm -hmm. he's worked on, um, you know, the writing for many of the movies like Satanic Panic, Nico's The Impaler, Demonium. He also produces a lot of films as well. So he's multifaceted. He even acts. Oh, okay. You know, probably not like his main thing, but it's mm-hmm. just something he does to fill in, probably. Some of the cast on this movie is Andrew Sensenig. He plays Paul Sachetti. He was in Upstream Color, Don't Look in the Basement 2, Daredevil TV Show, Mindhunter, Camera Obscura, Dylan Dog, Speed Demons, The Last Exorcism 2, and many more. We also have Barbara Crampton in this movie, who plays yeah. Anne. She plays Anne Sachetti, who is a scream queen, of course, from movies like From Beyond, You're Next, Reanimator. She got her start in Days of Our Lives, by the way. Oh. 82 episodes. Mm. She was also in Chopping Mall, Puppet Master, Castle Freak, The Lords of Salem, and plenty more. Mm-hmm. Also stars another horror fan favorite is Larry Fessenden, who plays Jacob Lewis in this movie. He was in Wendigo, Habit, Stakeland, Bringing Out the Dead, The Roost, a Ty West film, by the way. Oh. Mulberry Street, Cabin Fever 2, The Battery, Pod. Cabin Fever 2 is a Ty West film as well. Yeah. Pod, The Mind's Eye, Southbound, and so many more. He's he's kind of one of those actors that everybody who is a big indie film, who like to take risks and shit in their movies, mm-hmm. he's always a part of, you know. Mm-hmm. He's been in some big budget films. Right. But not the, like, acting chops I think he deserves. Right. You know, but he's also a director. He directed The Habit as well as Wendigo and uh, Depraved. I thought it was Wendigo, but it seemed like Ted Gagan was saying Wendigo. So I guess that's maybe how you say it. I don't know. But he did that movie Depraved, which has gotten a lot of notoriety here last year, Mm -hmm. which is pretty popular. It was on some people's top 10. Oh, okay. So, uh, also stars Lisa Marie, who plays May, the psychic. She's played the Martian girl and Mars Attacks, by the way. Oh, yeah. The one with the bubble gum. Oh, okay. That's uh, Tim Burton's ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. She was in Sleepy Hollow, Ed Wood, Tales of Halloween, Silent Night Remake, The Lords of Salem, Planet of the Apes. 
Apes reboot with Marky Mark and more. But I didn't couldn't find a price tag on this movie, but I would assume it's very low budget, probably in the same range of money that the other movie was. So probably around the million dollar range or less. Mm -hmm. What did you think of this movie, though? Well, this was also a slow movie with nuggets, but these nuggets or these snack treats, (laughs) I keep calling these snack treats were well proportioned. Yeah, I felt Um, I love the twists in it. I love the story. Oh, my God. I love the story. It's an original story. I liked the tale of like an older empty nester couple because you mm-hmm. don't see that every day. So it was an interesting concept and to integrate that into the whole movie and then also about the town and then like the neighbor and stuff. I really like that. I thought the side actors acting mm-hmm. character acting. I didn't think it was that good. And it kind of took away from like the other the main Actors acting. Does that make sense? So which side actors are you referring to? Uh, the other couple was a Jake. Oh, I thought that he was good. Well, he no, I'm sorry. He was good. I didn't enjoy her performance. In this. Okay, well, that's fair. But other than that, it was really good. I like this. This is the second time watching this. Okay. And I remember really liking it when I first watched it. And I liked it even more now. And I gave it 8 out of 10. Really? You like this more? I, li- I really like this one. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I love this one way the more. The Night of the Demons. Yes, I did. I like this more than Night of the Demons. Wow. That's interesting. I really like this one. Okay. Like, and even like, I will spoil anything, the ending okay. was good. And what did you think, Alex? Um, well, I, I, this is another film that's, you know, obviously taking hits from the 70s and early 80s. You know, I'm a sucker for those spook house movies in some regard because they're just a lot of movies that are not exactly amazing when it comes to like spook house movies, mm-hmm. you know, like I like Amityville and stuff like that. Like that's good to me in the regard of spooky house stuff, even though it's not exactly, we're talking like high grade film here. Right. You know what I mean? But I also like that style of that, you know, sort of European Italian horror, you know, exploitative trash cinema mm-hmm. as well that not everybody likes when it comes to Italian films as well. And Ted Gagan actually is one of those people that actually comes from watching a lot of those films. And I'll explain more on that, you know, because knowing what inspired this film sort of makes me appreciate it a lot more Mm -hmm. than I think I enjoyed it. But let's just say that the fans of the Euro exploitation Italian 70s, 80s horror films will probably appreciate this more when you look through the lens of that. That style, okay? Because mm-hmm. that's what he was going for here, and I get that. Uh, because it's not really heavy on the dialogue and interest and stuff like that. It's more about those little nuggets. Right. The The story is kind of there, but it's not really... It's a straightforward movie. It's a very straightforward movie oh, totally. with specific tropey elements that were from movies like this in the back back in the day. Right. Does it pull off the whole era? I think it does a pretty damn good job. I'd say that it's for an indie movie, especially to make it work on the budget they had. I think they did great. And I like the idea of a house that has a history and essentially needs souls. I think that's interesting. And to me, it might be a little overdone in some regards because there's so many movies that try to do it and don't do it well. Mm-hmm. It might be a little outdated for some people, but I, I miss that. Uh-huh. I miss that how that haunted house right. feel that anything goes kind of in the house. Mm-hmm. But you have a lot of people in this film, like the other movie we talked about. The acting here in this one is pretty decent, and I think it works for this film. This is not your typical teens in a house movie either. They use like an older cast. Mm-hmm. 
which is an interesting switch. You know, uh, Ted actually said that he picked older cast because he's like, they bring some sort of like a soul to the movie. Right. Rather than just this teen thing, you know? So he didn't want to make a teen movie. It reminds you of like your parents. Like, what if this was your parents? Right. He just thought that was more interesting than just doing a regular mm-hmm. teen movie, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it's a little different and kind of a great. At the same time, I think it's not worried about looking mainstream and it's fully aware it belongs in a modern take on Euro exploitation, trash kind of cinema of its era. And it wants to belong to that, which is totally cool with me. And for fans of that, again, I will say this is if you look through that lens, you will enjoy this movie even more. Mm-hmm. because of that uh it's got that sort of vibe only newer so it kind of mixes the styles a little bit because some of the camera work is kind of new right while it's also using some old traditional type stuff or tropes or gags and and that you do in horror movies as well but it's also got subtle scares in it which i really like too mm-hmm. like there's some newer stuff there's some kind of like it's like a mix of a lot of different things and i think it's really enjoyable in that regards i like the subtle stuff that they do in this movie and what they mm-hmm. attempt to do whether or not it was really scary to me is another story but i still like it right there are some really great moments in here and you can tell that they took some care into making it for an indie so it's like i think it gets crapped on by some people a little too much mm-hmm. um even the first time i saw it i remember telling you that it was like right i remember there was just something missing from it a little bit and i think it's because it has a splotchy moments in it Mm-hmm. that weren't really vibey and a more of an aesthetic thing. Like it doesn't have a lot of vibe, but it does do some scary things in it. I don't know. Scary ish. There is one good performance in this movie that I think was really good by Larry Fessenden. Mm-hmm. I thought really kind of amped up the movie and some of the stuff he does in the movie is really awesome. Like at this moment, it's kind of like a roller coaster ride, you know, for the right. five minutes that it happens. And it's like the, it's like the, the hors d'oeuvres before the fucking main course too. <laughs> right. Which I thought was really great. And I really loved that. And I almost wish that this movie would have had a little bit more crazy shit, which mm-hmm. they do, but it's, it's kind of quick. It, it doesn't like show you the preying on these people that well. Like, did, oh, okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It's more like blah, like Italian horror cinema would do, but I would, uh... be, it would be kind of nice if they would have done a little bit more preying on the people. Then it goes straight into it's all gore fest fucking, which in my opinion, elevates this movie to a much better film overall right because it just has fun with it at one point in time and there's just people popping and fucking falling into holes and like getting burned up and pop and like breaking pieces of them and just there's just a lot of havoc going on which is really awesome and i think if you're a fan of like gore and shit like that i think you should really watch this because it's a lot of fun and i miss movies like this in a way so i respect this movie a lot but it wasn't like on the high list of most these types of movies Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah that makes sense so i would probably give this one like a seven maybe a 6.5 but it leans more of a seven than it does a Mm -hmm. 6.5 so there's some things that i wish it could have done a little bit better had a little bit more of but again it did a lot for its budget it's an indie film and they had a pretty decent overall performance as a whole in a movie right and i will watch it again because there are some iconic things in this movie that i thought look really cool and they did some really neat things so if you like gore and you like italian horror or euro exploitative uh you'll probably enjoy this a lot more right i agree it's a love letter from that era 
I like it. Yeah. So. And I don't even like that era. I was surprised that you gave it an eight. I wasn't really thinking you were going to enjoy it that much. Yeah. I've, yeah. I enjoyed it a lot. I like this movie. So you, you, you went back and you loved it last time. And the I, reason I, we got it is because I knew, I think I might have picked this movie up for us. I don't remember, but yeah, I remember. I, I, okay. So honestly, like maybe the first 15 minutes, I was like, what, why did I really like this movie that much? Like right. when we were watching it the second time and then shit started happening. I was like, yes, yes. I like this movie. This is a good movie. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think, um, Crampton does a good job and I like the, the, her husband's role right. too. Cause he's kind of like that callous sort of get over it kind of guy. Right. Which is kind of an interesting dynamic with her because she's, you know, they like play on that a little bit, which I think mm-hmm. is interesting. And I did too. I like that. They're just a normal kind of couple. Right. Like she was open to things, but he was just like, you know, middle, late middle-aged white man. Do you right. know what I mean? Well, and that's the thing Ted was talking about too, is that he didn't want to have a movie, you know, with starlets in it, mm-hmm. you know, where it distracted from... You know, regular people, mm-hmm. you know, he's not to say that that Crampton or him or Andrew wasn't like starlets or studs, he said, but just I wanted them to be able to be more relatable. Yeah. Normal. Yeah. Yeah. Long in the tooth. But yeah. What do you guys think of this movie? I actually enjoyed this a little bit more than the other one. Um, a lot more. Yeah. I think it's probably <laughs> easier to digest, although it's not as classically done as the other one does. Mm-hmm. But, you know, so if you like, like, maybe like 50s movies and stuff like that a lot, you might like The House of the Devil a little bit more mm-hmm. with like that sort of 70s, late 70s flair of gore and shit. But, well, this one you'll probably like if you're more into the 80s Italian stuff mm-hmm. a little bit more uh, and you look through that lens. I don't think it's perfect neither of these films but i'd love to hear what you guys think of both of these films if you've seen them if not come back and let us know because i would love to hear from you but now we're going to go ahead and jump into the spoilers of we're still here so if you haven't seen the movie you can watch it up on amazon prime right now so if you want to watch it there and come back and listen to this otherwise go ahead and check the timestamps down below and listen to what we're going to be talking about next week and then come back once you've seen the movies but if you don't want anything spoiled here's your warning so this is a movie that was shot in New York, not New England. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. It's just outside of Rochester, New York, called Palmyra and Shortsville, mm-hmm. where they shot a lot of this stuff. They got a lot of the actors from the area mm-hmm. to do this, including some of the people who own the bar are in the movie. Oh, okay. When we were watching this movie, do you remember me? And I had to pause it and I was like, wait a second. Yeah. And you were like impressed with my... Oh, yeah. You were like, hey, I know that guy. I was like, that name. I was like, Sacchetti. I was like, that can't be a coincidence. And I, I was like, oh, yeah, there is an Italian uh, writer, a screenwriter who's named Dardano Sarchetti, who is a screenwriter who wrote for Dario Argento. He did Lucio Falci, Lamberto Bava, all the greats. He was uh-huh. a big writer. And there is no way that Ted didn't know that. Right. And I was like, that's got to be a thing. And then I was like, wait a second. Dardano Sarchetti wrote House by the cemetery and the bad guy the ghosts in the movie their last name is dagmar and i'm like wait a second dagmar and i was like god damn it that sounds like oh it's that actress from fucking house of the cemetery 
And I was like, I know who that is. Uh-huh. And I was like, they used her last name. That can't be a coincidence. She's a German actress who was in a lot of movies like The House by the Cemetery. And obviously the lead ghost in this movie's last name is is Dagmar. So I looked into it. And when I did all the extras and stuff like that, and I went through and I actually listened to some of the making of and then also... Um, the commentary on the film mm-hmm. i came across the part where ted actually verifies this uh-huh ted gagan said that the that this is a sort of homage to the film of house by the cemetery oh. and that they wanted him to write a story that was very akin to house by the cemetery and the originally the story was going to be for director richard griffin who he's buddies with mm-hmm and after Ted wrote this story and became infatuated with it and loved it, he was like, look, dude, could you give me your blessing and let me make this and, and try to pitch it around to direct? And he was like, yeah, man, I, that's good. No problem. So, you know, he fell in love with the script, got his blessing. And in the commentary, they were talking about how all the characters in this movie are named after people who worked on the House by the Cemetery movie. Oh. Or who were characters in the movie. Oh, that's funny. Right. Barring one character Uh who was not from House by the Cemetery, which was the electrician who comes downstairs. His name was Joe, which is the same name of Joe the Plumber from Lucio Falci's The Beyond, which he goes down into the basement and gets his face like clawed out. His eye pops out. But so he still tied it back. Yes. So it was just because he had a guy <laughs> going funny. down to the basement. He was, oh, well, we got to name him after that character. Joe, that yeah. Movie, yeah. Which That's is funny. totally like, I think when they did the Beyond, I almost wonder if that was a nod to Amityville. Yeah, that's right. Because they go down to the that. basement and, and then that guy works in there. Under there well, there's like a hole and like they try to fix mm-hmm. it. And I think that was also the inspiration for that. So had Amityville not been made, we would have seen the Beyond, all these other fucking movies. So it's right. interesting. That's funny. For all you geeks out there who know what the fuck I'm talking about, you probably just came in your fucking pants. <laughs> <laughs> um... There's also, I don't know if you noticed, they kept pouring alcohol the whole fucking movie. Right. Ted was joking about, like, if you actually take a sip for every time somebody drinks Mm -hmm. in the movie, you'll get pretty, pretty toasty by the halfway point. (laughs) I bet. Because they they keep passing around a bottle of what they call B&J, which they use in the movie to pour drinks for everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's borrowed from the movie Hobo with a Shotgun. Oh, Really? Yeah. He said it's sort of a recreation of J&B, which, you know, apparently back in the 70s and 80s, J&B was a big supporter of horror movies as long as you showed their label. Oh, okay. And you had to make sure the label was out. So they made a recreation calling it B&J. Oh. And it looks very similar to that, the J&B bottle. Which, more importantly, another connection, the cinematographer on this film is Kareem Hussein, who did Hobo with a Shotgun and many other wonderful fucking movies. He's an amazing cinematographer with a keen eye who did this movie as well. Oh, that's funny. Um, He's done a ton of work on, you know, just about everything, including he directed a short. He's only done like three things for a director, Mm -hmm. but one of the shorts that he did was for an anthology film. If you guys are looking for something that's like completely fucked up, and I mean like we're talking about really fucked up shit, 
It's called a movie called Subconscious Cruelty. It's very hard to find. You can only pick up copies in other regions. Mm -hmm. So you'd either get it on DVD or Blu-ray if you could find a copy. But check out Subconscious Cruelty from, I believe it's 99 or 2000. I don't know what that is. It's fucked up. Yeah, it's like, and only very few people have seen it, I guarantee you. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I'm just a fan of his. I I like his work. Mm -hmm. Um, Ted and Travis Stevens, who's the the producer, also joked about shooting car dialogue scenes in this, in the Mm -hmm. commentary. (laughs) They're like, if you're a new filmmaker, try not to shoot or write so many scenes where people are talking in cars. He's like, because if you're on a budget, it is not a fucking nightmare. (laughs) He's like, you'll have to lay down in the back seat and kind of give them notes while they're talking back and forth and you have to drive it he's like and then travis was all like yeah just park the car you can roll down the windows you can get all this like everything that you need if you just park the fucking car don't do the talking while you're driving and they were laughing about it and i was like that's that's a really good helpful tip uh-huh. For people who are making movies, because you never really think about the dynamics of putting a camera on the hood of the car, driving back and forth for miles and miles and miles of retakes and reshoots right. all day long while you're laying in the back of a car. Right. Because you can't direct them from the hood of the car. Right. He has to lay in the back. It's crazy. Yeah. I thought that was funny. Also, the ghosts in this movie were directly inspired from the movie The Fog. By John Carpenter. Oh, with the eyes and okay, that makes yes. sense. That makes sense. Which I thought the ghosts in this movie look fucking awesome. They really did, and it is really cool how they did it. I I really love that they, that aesthetic milky eye look. Right. Fucking awesome. It is awesome. I mean, if it would have if they would have added some effects to make him glow or something like that, might have been a little cool, like just subtle ones. I think I think it would have been too much. I like the white eyes. That's all I give a fuck about. Mm-hmm. That's always creepy. <laughs> <laughs> So that's pretty much it for the trivia. I got a few other things tucked into some of the stuff. But did you want to talk about some of the things that you can't talk about in the, uh, you know, non-spoiler section that you want to talk about in here? Uh, different points in the movie and things that maybe you liked or didn't like? Well, like you said, just like the ghosts and the creepiness of it. And it really starts off. Like I like how they did the, the shots from them over the shoulder. Mm-hmm. The subtle ones. Right. Those are really, really effective techniques. Right. And I think they're. They're better than your typical jump scare, mm-hmm. you know? I agree, yeah. Sets a mood a little bit. Right. Even if this this movie feels a little less on the mood, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because of the music or something. I don't know. I think the music is good in this movie, but I really feel like if they would have added that sort of like progressive rock sort of <laughs> uh-huh. sound to it that that was so keen in the Italian scene at the time, oh, you know, with like sense. keyboards and guitar and right, shit, right. like it really would have made this movie just pop a little bit more. And that's that just, makes sense. that's just one of my minor gripes. I mean, it's mm-hmm. not like it's bad music or I, I, didn't don't like- even, I don't even remember. It wasn't memorable. I don't even remember the soundtrack. Well, when I think of like Lucio Fulci films and everything like that, I think of like the soundtracks as well, because they were very much a part of the mood and the the atmosphere that you would get from these movies. Mm -hmm. Because I think without them, they would have been ultimately very meh kind of films, you know, because they're kind of trashy, just get it done kind of fucking movies, really, Mm -hmm. with extra gore, you know, which a lot of people like. And you can obviously see the like problems with it, but they did it really cool in this movie. Yeah, I liked it. Speaking of the beginning of the film, mm-hmm. like before the electrician got there, just them setting the mood and the pictures would fall. Yeah. And we know about the dead son and, and she, she's thinking it's the dead son. 
and then them wanting the friends to come over okay. to get a feel for the place. Right. I thought there were you interesting know? enough characters there. Yeah. Dynamic, you know? Like, I like how the the the, da- the two dads got along. Right. Me too. And the, and, and the main dad didn't, he, like, didn't even, like, he was like, whatever. Like, But then they started getting along and they started drinking and then they're like, this is, a, he's not so bad. Did you feel for, did you think Barbara Crampton did a good job with her, like, feeling for her son for that her passed son? away? Yeah, I, I felt her grief. She, it, it felt real. Yeah, she said that uh, apparently they were, when, when she was doing that, like the beginning opening scene where she's like in the car mm-hmm. and she's got red eyes and everything, she legitimately was thinking about her own kids. Oh, and wow. losing them. And she right. said it really it was really taxing on her and they yeah. had to take breaks sometimes. That makes sense. So Yeah, especially with the characters that was their only son. I mean, God, could you imagine? Right. I think this is a good uh Barbara Crampton performance in this in particular for her mm-hmm. older uh, you know, stuff or her, her most recent More stuff. More recent, yeah. Yeah. Because like I've seen her in, you know, obviously she was in Puppet Master and then the Puppet Master, the new one that Fangoria came out with, she mm-hmm. was in that one as well, I believe. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, wasn't really a shining thing for her, but Puppet Master kind of was. Right. So. I don't, I like her. I follow her on Twitter. She's hilarious. Yeah. She's, she's very grace, great. She's gracious. She's graceful? For, no, she's gracious oh, for thankful. everything. Oh, yeah. thankful. Yeah. She's, she's, yeah. She has a lot of gratitude for like people in the horror community. Right. Okay. I don't follow her. I don't know if I do a follower or not. I'm, I might. But I know she does a lot of conventions and stuff too. So the scene with the, with the electric. The was electrician it like, was it, was he electrician? Yeah, his name is Joe. He was like a contractor or whatever. He comes to the basement to fix right, the because, heat. Yeah, because it kept smoking. They kept smelling smoke. What did you think about that scene with the? I mean, it was kind of standard, you know, the basement. There's ghosts in the basement. There's a I hole liked, in down there. I liked when he looks over the first time and he sees a shadowy figure standing there. I watched that scene like three times, four times actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you? Yeah, because I liked. I did like it, and I think it could have been done a little bit better. Just mm-hmm. slightly. Um, I think him wandering around digging through stuff kind of made it seem like he wasn't on edge. Right. And it took away from the the tension, mm-hmm. uh, which I wish he would have been just like slowly looking around mm-hmm. because like first he sees the shadow and then he's like, wait, what the fuck? And he grabs a flashlight and he goes and looks and then he sees the shadow run to the right. And then he follows it with the light, which is really cool. I like right. that stuff. Both of those things. Right. And then he goes around the corner and then he's like moving stuff out of the way. And I really don't think he should have moved anything out of the way. I think it should have just been that slow pace walk where he's like, I swear to God, I saw something. Mm-hmm. And they should have just like had him like close ups on his face and like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm being picky, but I'm just saying like it really I felt like that could have had a more impact when he walked up to see the little girl in the corner. Right. Then it did. It took away from that moment a little bit for me. Mm-hmm. And I loved when he threw the flashlight afterwards. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Which I thought was really cool. See, I was thinking it in terms of, oh, well, if I was an electrician, I would have thought it was an animal in the basement, like a raccoon or something. Something, yeah. Said. Yeah. I thought it was a really That's good how effect. I felt like he approached it. All of it was really good, but for whatever reason, it didn't really come across as scary to me. No, and then he ended up getting burned, and then it was like there was no mention of him. 
the whole movie, which I thought was a weird. Yeah, he just went to the hospital afterwards. Yeah, because so. I would have thought they would have mentioned it to the friends, like, oh, there was a guy down there, and well, he they did say did they? he said, you know, um, on the phone, he was on the phone call. He's like, I didn't want, you know, the the fucking electrician came down here and got burned. If he got burned by the f- thing, then but it was really the like Dagmar guy right. who grabbed his arm, right, and like melted oh, his it, arm. That's right, because that dad was talking to like the realtor or something right whoever they bought the house from i like that they had the jacob and may's son show up who used to be friends with her dead son mm-hmm. um i like that they showed up and just kind of like dicked around i didn't like how jacob made it seem like they weren't friends like i was just his roommate i don't understand why wait no no jacob's not jacob's the dad oh sorry harry is the son and his girlfriend's maddie Okay, so that son made it seem like they weren't friends. Yeah, because... He wasn't friends with the... I think the reason that they did that is because when you think about it, it's like parents who are suffering, who have lost a son, and maybe their son's hung out and stuff, may have a different perspective of what their son's liked or disliked. Do you know what I mean? From what it was actually... They may have thought he was a really great friends or maybe his son just wanted attention. So he pretended like they were really good friends and they thought that he was really good friends. They may have known him. Right. It's just a weird kind of personality thing. That was weird. Because Ted Gagan talked about it in his commentary and stuff and how he really liked the fact that, you know, when he was a kid, like his parents were always tried to remain friends with the other parents of Mm -hmm. friends that he would hang out with. Mm -hmm. And... They didn't really like them. Oh, okay. so I'm sure in the back of his mind, he was he like, was well, wouldn't it be interesting experience. if yeah. if they thought that this was his best friend and really he wasn't? Oh, OK. Do you know what I mean? It's probably just one of those things. Oh, OK, that makes sense. He did mention that Harry is kind of re- rebelling against his parents in a way. Because if you notice, he's dressed in like a red shirt with a black tie. At the time, it was the mod community, which are like, um, what do you call them nowadays? Hipsters? Hipsters, yeah. They were hipsters back in the day. But they would dress like very, like ties and, you know, they were mods and they would dress very cleanly and stuff. Whereas, you know, hippies are more earthy and like, you know, smell of oleander and shit like that. They would never wear that. So that was like his way of rebelling against his parents. Yeah. So I don't know. It's just weird, interesting personality dynamics when you're writing. That's the things that you think about. Yeah, those little tiny things you put in there that month. People don't. Right. That you will never even know. Right. That they, they never stayed in the movie, but, but just make a more dynamic character. Mm-hmm. So that's why they do that, because it makes it more realistic. Mm-hmm. So and that if somebody does think about it, they're like, well, yeah, I got you covered. What do you think about them dying? Oh, that was great. I loved when he got fastened or got fucking possessed mm-hmm. and fucking dude, he like is doing. I love. See, that's another little weird like personality thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's at the table in the kitchen and they're like. He's like, yeah, we won't do any kind of like seance or anything while you're gone or anything. And then they do. And then they do. <laughs> That's like totally a guy yeah. thing. And he totally like they left and he he grabbed all his candles and he went he went to the living room. He's like, what are you doing? And he's guy, like, we're yeah. going to do a seance. He's like, but I thought you said no seance like very clearly that we shouldn't do a seance. He's like, yeah, but aren't you interested like a little bit? <laughs> And so he does it, and he's like, yeah, we'll burn the flesh off your soul. He gets possessed. And then he gets possessed, and that was really cool. Like, 
his wife and his and uh Anne come home, so their wives come home from the store, and May's like, "What are you doing? Why are you acting like this? You have to know it's me, it's me!" Mm-hmm. And he slams his arm on the wall, snapping it, mm-hmm. breaking it, and I'm like, oh, "Jesus right. Christ!" <laughs> that's and then crazy. He, and then he's like. Oh, that well, that's right. Does he do that before they tie him up beforehand, mm-hmm. right? And then he, and gets then he out. breaks out of it, mm-hmm. and that's when he breaks his arm yeah. and shit. And they're trying to calm him down, and she pulls him out of the way. And then he fucking like before he when he was tied up too, they had him tied up, and he had a sock in his mouth, and they made him eat it. And then they, oh yeah, he swallowed it. <laughs> you could see the lump like go down his throat. Is that whole scene that was, was such like, a ridiculous. practical in camera thing that they did too? They just pulled the sock out when they lowered down to show his throat. Wait, so and the, the, they had an air bladder on his neck that they puffed up. What the. And it made it look really real. It was really effective. And they had somebody behind him pull out the sock of his mouth when the camera pans down for a second and comes back up. What the fuck? It's really good, right? That's fucked up. That's kind of fucked up. Why? So it looked a, real. So he had a thing in his throat which blew up his neck. So th- it was actually his neck. Yeah, so it made it look... Oh my god, so it actually fuck made it, that. It made it, That's dangerous. That sounds dangerous. No, Christina, they put a prosthetic over his oh. neck. Why would they put it in his <laughs> neck? You made it, sound like, <laughs> you made it sound like they put it like down his throat. I was like, they put it like a balloon Christina. down his throat. They put the bladder over his actual neck, not in his throat. <laughs> they didn't do surgery on the motherfucker. Well, no, I thought they like made his actual throat thing anyway whatever <laughs> so then may okay hold so, on let me laugh this up a little bit <laughs> jesus christ yeah they had open fucking throat surgery on the motherfucker they had him on dialysis like it was fucking crazy <laughs> this is a good shot right it was worth it <laughs> jesus Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm just teasing you. I love you. I know. I love you, too. <laughs> anyway, okay, so he's all possessed, and he does the arm and break, and then they, they back up into the kitchen, right? No, 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 no. He jams a fucking poker into his eye and falls backwards. Oh, okay. He jams a fireplace poker directly into his eye. <laughs> That's right. And then dies, and they're, like, panicking, and it's it's kind of cool because it's, like, he's, like, trying to, like, the people that they didn't really care about, now all of a sudden they care about, and they're like, oh, my God, why is this happening Mm -hmm. you know they've sort of bonded in this weird way and like then she's like we gotta get the fuck out of here so may goes and they open the kitchen door and then bam (laughs) yeah heads gets blown off by the mccabe family which we didn't really talk about because we're not going through this whole movie but that that part was really cool that's when shit kicks off yeah because now all the townspeople are coming right to take them out because the the smoke monsters haven't smoke ghosts haven't taken them out yeah. yet so the story is essentially that these this family lived in this fucking funeral home they were there they got chased out of town for being weird i guess and like or they got accused of selling bodies out of the house or something like something. that and they never did mm. and so they supposedly chased them out of town but really what happened is they burned them alive mm-hmm. and they never told anybody so every 30 years these ghosts come about and they 
crave souls. And if the town people who killed them don't feed them souls, then they won't go back to sleep for another 30 years. And they cause famine. They cause like people to die. It's like this infection plagues the land and everything like that, which <laughs> they show at the end of the movie, by the way. Right. All the different like stages of that over the years. Mm-hmm. All the newspaper clippings and stuff like that. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So it like sets off the town like chases them out or tries to burn them alive this other family alive again and this the ghosts like kind of stick up for them and like start killing everybody that's like busting in the house except for them yeah Which, they, they start knocking off the uh the townspeople right who have been feeding them over the years or over the you know whatever the every 30 years but okay so they didn't kill them right who the ghost people didn't kill the main stars the main stars Anne and paul right yeah so what do you do you so do you think they didn't actually kill them because of the sun i think that there was a bond it was all because the movie's all about family right, right? like the house needs a family they need a family mm-hmm. they had something in common and i think it was the overwhelming good nature of them losing their son that they felt okay. that they knew that they longed for him Right. That they understood and somehow connected on some level, whereas the other families that moved into that house, they didn't. Mm-hmm. They th- didn't have that kind of. Yeah. They didn't have that bond. It was more of a sore thing. So it was it was just like instead of repeating this over and over and over again, they finally moved on mm-hmm. by killing the townspeople and just ending it. Oh, OK. And then it's weird because at the very, very end, I mean, we got a lot of really gore, good gore scenes in this movie. Yeah. You know, you got people getting eaten up by the stairs. You got fucking Mm -hmm. the dude's chest who busts open and then the little girl's behind his body as it falls down. Mm -hmm. The like ghost girl, Uh which was so fucking cool. That was cool. Like you can obviously tell how the mechanics of that shot work because it pops open like a cartoon gift. (laughs) <laughs> do you know what I mean? Right. Like like you're punching a hole through a fucking, you know, whatever. Right. And it's, she just touched his back and popped him. That guy's a pastor. In real life? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. He's a pastor. Oh, in, like in that town? In that town. Oh, literally. Cool. In the town that they shot. He was probably. Like, mm, his daughter was one of the ghosts. Oh, wow. Yeah. He was the little girl, obviously. Mm-hmm. And so his daughter. And his wife was in the movie, too, as one of the townspeople. So his daughter ripped him apart. I think so. That's that's cute. It could have been the mom, though, because her mom was short, too. Oh, okay. Because I saw a picture of the girl who did the mom, and mm-hmm. she's like this purple-haired girl. Mm-hmm. Looks like, you know, totally hip, you know, like mm-hmm. our age or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It just looked kind of cool. But I just thought it was funny to point out. Mm-hmm. There's also that scene where fucking Barbara Crampton stabs like seven knives in that girl, that woman's neck, the oh, townsperson. That's, that's right. Right in the neck. That woman was a Star Trek. She's in Star Trek. There's a couple of people in Star Trek in this movie that that are in this film, but she's mm-hmm. one of them. She was one of the people that worked in... Uh, what was the one with that everybody loves? Next is, Generation? Yeah, The Next Generation, I believe. Two of them from that. Mm-hmm. And Ted Gagan is, of course, a huge fan. Oh. He's a Trekkie so, fan. Yeah. He so he added saw, that in there. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. She was in that. Yep, hired. <laughs> He's like, got her, and then I just kill her with seven knives. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was interesting how the family, Paul and Anne, at the very end, the other family holds hands and hold each other, and it's like right. this family thing, and it's like, we understand. We killed your friends, but we understand. <laughs> exactly. We killed your other friends and their son. <laughs> right. And so but then. That was different. So then they go down to the basement, or Anne does, and she's mm-hmm. like, Bobby? 
And he's like, wait, Anne, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. And uh, she goes down, because this is where the source of everything is. Like, when people are dying in the house, like when the guy gets sucked into the stairs, mm-hmm. blood sprays out the fucking hole mm-hmm. of the basement. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. cool. Yeah. And um, so it's like the house is alive. It's like right. feeding or whatever. But But yeah, she goes down and then the father comes around the corner and he's like, oh, hi, Bobby. End a movie. End a movie. Yeah. Now, the, that was, now that what was is cool. your interpretation of that before I tell you what it was oh, and what other people have thought? What it was? I don't I don't know. I mean, they... What were they doing? They saw their son. Right. So what does that mean for them? Does that mean they're, they're dead? I don't know. Oh. That's what I'm asking you. Oh, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Yeah. Oh, I guess so. Are they dead? Now they're trapped with or the house. Or are they alive choosing to be dead? Oh. Because they're going to see their son. What did the director say? He said that it was kind of left to be ambiguous and sort of kind of let you wonder. He said, but one person said, that's probably one of the most fucked up endings I've ever seen. (laughs) He forced the whole family forces and kills all their friends, kills all the townspeople, and then makes them walk to their death. But he said... He's like, that. that's an interesting take, but that's not how he meant it. Right. He sort of, um, if you've seen the end of The Beyond, where these people just kind of walk into The Beyond. Uh-huh. Oh, that, is that what they were doing? That's kind of how he was kind of doing it, because they go into the basement, and they go into this, like, there's bodies in the dirt and shit, and then they can't escape. And so oh, it's, okay. it's almost like, are the parents, like, giving up and saying, hey, I want to, this is where I belong now. Right. It was with my son. Right. Or are they... Is there part two? And now they're the yeah. family burning everybody. Burning everybody up. <laughs> Might be. The house should burn down. Well, the whole, if, the whole town's dead now. So. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was cool, though. I don't know. I, I do like this movie a little bit more than, than I, I re- initially thought. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. I'm not like crazy about it, but there's some things that I, they do in it that I am crazy about. Mm-hmm. I think I'm a little bit more wishing that they would just go a little bit more batshit crazy instead of that last nugget. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Because they do have one of the cool kills where they kill Mr. McCabe, who's like running the town and like has been feeding them over the years. And he's like, I've been doing this for them. Yeah, he did the lecture. He did the whole, the whole, the I'm going to lecture before I get killed thing. Right. And then the fucking, the Dagmars, like he crushes his head yeah. and it just sprays all over Barbara Crampton and fucking <laughs> that Paul guy or whatever, you know, the and Andrew. And like, meh. <laughs> <laughs> he dives out of the way like, whoa. <laughs> and then they go down to the basement to like go to the ever after. Mm-hmm. And then they go after, after them. So that's, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's the beyond sort of thing, I guess. So I, they, I don't yeah, know. I guess that makes sense. Because the whole whole problem with this house is the basement. Right. It's there a was, portal. Yeah. It's, it's like... It's, it's standard, like, like, what's that place? The that... heart of the house? Yeah. I don't know. They did it in the Amityville movies. They did it in uh, where the furnace was always like the thing in the house. It's always the basement. I'm glad I live in Arizona. We don't have basements in Phoenix. If you have a basement. So when I was growing up, if you had a basement, you were rich. Right. Because Because you can't dig through the rock out here, guys. No. It's expensive. And and like I I'm smart because I bought a house with no basement and no attic. So they they can't fuck. There's no fucking (laughs) there. You can't hide anywhere. There's nowhere to go. So would you be scared of a basement? If you actually went I think to I would be, yeah. Were you scared when we went to my parents' old house in the yeah, basement? Yeah, it was dark and dreary. Oh. Right. You could see when I was a kid, like, there's yeah. 
a lot of lot of room to like mm-hmm. wonder what's around that corner or what's around this corner. Right. And I think That's why I never wanted to stay in the basement bedroom because I didn't like it. And I understand like this whole spirit element. I mean that you're in the earth. Like you are in the earth down there. I you guess. Know what I, mean? I don't know. I mean the attic is scary for a lot of people too. Mm-hmm. Because you always hear something creaking above you mm-hmm. when you're when a, in a house that has a huge attic, you know, right. because it's the house shifting or whatever. It's like, it's like, <gasps> there's a dead baby there's walking so- around upstairs. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'd be curious to hear you guys think. Do you are you more scared of attics or basements? I, I, right, I maybe we'll do that saying. as a poll on the do, you, do yeah on do you love horror on Facebook. So mm-hmm. if you guys don't belong to that, join in and give us your thoughts on that. Mm-hmm. So we'll add you or whatever because you have to get approved. But yeah. Anyway, I thought these are fun movies to watch. They weren't my favorite movies I've ever seen. Right. Obviously, you thought it was an eight for one. So mm-hmm. that's a win for you on this totally. one. Totally. On We Are Still Here. Or we Are Still Here. Mm-hmm. Totally. It's a good Voidtober movies. Both of them. It was a good. It was a good mixture. Okay. It's just more your speed. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was it was totally a good pairing. Oh, I totally. Think. I think so, too. Even though I didn't like that first one, I still think it was a good pairing. Yeah. Especially since I didn't even know, you know, really, because I can't remember these movies. I just mm-hmm. barely remember them. I'm just like, well, it has a house. <laughs> right. But yeah, guys, what did you think? I would love to hear what you guys think in the comment section down below. Next week, we are going to be doing the trilogy of Beyond the Door, which I cannot wait to dip into. I have never seen it. There is a lot of weird shit, a lot of so bad it's good shit, and a lot of gore and shit. So it's got a mixture of all of that. Once considered to be an Italian exorcist ripoff. Oh, okay. And so it's got some really fucking cool shit in that that I actually really like. Uh Uh-huh. And I think it's an underrated film. I've never even heard of these movies. I don't even, I've never seen a trailer. So I'm going in this like. You've seen the trailer. It's the one where the woman's head turns around and she's smiling. She's like, huh? She looks like the fucking chick from Spider-Man. Do you know who the Spider-Man? Kristen Dunst? Yes. She looks like Kristen Dunst. okay. Like an older version of Kristen Dunst. Uh Uh-huh. But yeah, it's an Exorcist ripoff. And then the second one is kind of loosely related to Beyond the Door, but they called it Shock in America, which mm-hmm. is an, a Lamberto or no Mario Bava movie. Mm-hmm. And then we got Beyond the Door three. So we're going to be doing all three that are over the course of everything. I'll try to find a place Yay. that you can watch each of them. But yeah, these are these are some interesting Italian movies that I'm really excited to watch. Like I've only seen the first one and part of the second one and never the third. Yay! So, I think you're gonna like them. I hope so. That's I think three so. Movies we gotta watch three. So get get your fucking Voidtober fucking decoder rings ready for that, and don't forget, you know, sign up for the VIP club because we're gonna be pulling it on the last week of this mm-hmm. month, and you're gonna get a little care package full of stuff. We're putting it together right now. Yeah. Sitting so on the, the table here. Yeah. So sign up, bitches. But yeah, thank you guys so much for coming by, and as always. Long live the void.